eye than he had even a week ago. He needs to smile more, she thought. Without affection or amusement to light his eyes, he was a rather forbidding middle-aged man with fleshy features, deep-set brown eyes, and an eagle's nose. With some warm feeling in his face, he looked both serious and kind, the sort of man it was easy to trust and depend on. This isn't work, the Duke told her as he lifted the sheaf of parchments. I'm just reviewing what's been done on the repairs to the harbor wall. Sandry walked over to him, kissed his forehead, and drew the papers from his fingers. The harbor master is an expert on this sort of thing. You told me so yourself. And you know what Dedicate Comfrey said. Why pay these people if you have to watch them all the time? I'm not watching. I'm keeping myself up to date. The Duke carefully got to his feet. Sandry did not try to help. Too many people did that, and it upset him far more than did the loss of his former strength. You and Dedicate Comfrey should understand that sooner or later, I must begin to oversee my realm once more. I can't wait until you do. You're getting awfully hard to handle. He laughed at that. (laughs) I'm going to miss you when you return to Winding Circle, he remarked, going to the door. You're the only one who is completely frank with me. As he left the room, Sandry put the papers she had taken on his desk. For a moment she stayed there, staring blindly at the curtained windows. As much as she wanted to return home, she worried about him. Over and over she had heard tales of the way he lived, skipping meals and going without sleep to complete some piece of work. His household was in awe of Duke Vetris and feared to balk him. Without her there to keep an eye on things, he would probably return to his old bad habits. She didn't like that thought. Emelon's best healer mages had warned her that while they had done all they could to strengthen his heart and veins, he was vulnerable to another attack. A second one might well kill him, a third definitely would. He managed without a meddling fourteen-year-old for years, one voice said in her mind. He was younger then, argued a second. Sandry growled with impatience. She had been listening to this internal argument for weeks and flung her hands wide. The heavy draperies on the windows flew apart to bear expensive glass panes. The thick gold ropes that held the curtains open wrapped around the lengths of cloth and tied themselves, then let their tasseled ends dangle neatly. Getting her worries under control, Sandry followed her uncle to the main door. It was open already, offering a view of the stone courtyard, a score of burning torches, and a squad of the Duke's guardsmen and their horses. Duke Vedras waited for her to reach him and offered his arm. His dark eyes searched her face intently. Did I say anything to distress you, my dear? Sandry shook her head and made herself smile. The only thing that distresses me is the thought that you got up early this morning to read papers. You're supposed to rest, Uncle. As they walked down the stair to their mounts, she thought, 
And what will Lark say if I stay with him? Pasco! Pasco, wake up! He rolled over and moaned. A hand grabbed his shoulder. Pasco, you chuff! Getting up was your idea. Now do it! I want to go to bed. Pasco Akalon sat up, blinking. His sister Halmedi knelt by the bed, her dark eyes amused. She was still dressed for the watch that had just ended, the brown leather of her jerkin stark against her dark blue shirt and breeches. Pasco rubbed his face, ordering his traitorous body to move. Such a disgusting hour to be about. No arguments here. What's the deal, anyway? Pasco swung his legs out from under the blanket.